All right, so we're continuing our series. Last week we talked about sleep. Did anybody get any extra sleep last week? Good, I'm glad, because I didn't do a good job either with the rest of you guys. I had trouble turning things off, and it is a challenge, and it's one that we're going to keep being a challenge as we go on. But if you remember, we started last week, and we talked about we've got a lot of things going on, and we're feeling exhausted. We've got politics going on. We've got injustice going on all around us. We've got this pandemic happening. We've got all the economic things happening. We've got all this stuff going on with school. The West Coast is on fire. There is stuff going on everywhere, and it is not great and we are looking every which way for why what's the reason things are happening for answers and solutions how do we deal with this for just how to make it through but what did we talk about last week we're going to look to jesus because jesus went through chaos as well the subtitle of our series is christ in the center of chaos there's a lot going on around jesus all the time but jesus finds ways in the midst of all that to rest, to pull back, to take a break, to sleep, and to do some other things, including what we're going to talk about today, which is prayer. Jesus finds time to pray. Now, there's a lot we can say about prayer, right? There's all kinds of books on prayer. There's tons of amazing prayers in the Bible that we could be looking at. There is so much stuff we could do when we talk about prayer, but we're trying to limit ourselves a little bit with this series. Remember, we're talking about rest. And there are different kinds of prayers, and some of the prayers are not as restful as others. Some of them have different purposes. Uh, I would say that when we pray here in service, I wouldn't consider that a time of rest necessarily. So we're going to be kind of looking at that. We're going to work through some things. But I mean, like I said, there's a lot we can say about prayer. So what is prayer at the basic level? We talked about what is sleep at the basic level a little bit last week. It's communication with God, right? Now, sometimes when we pray, if you're like me, you feel like you are talking to the ceiling. And you don't feel like you're really communicating. And that's a hard thing sometimes because it's easy for us to get stuck on the things that we're seeing and the things that we're experiencing. And that's really easy. And I understand that. As you keep on making it more and more of a practice, at some point, hopefully, it's going to feel like there's a little bit of two-way communication going on too. And you say, what does that mean? Am I going to hear a voice from God? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe you're going to be reminded of things in your heart that you've read in the Bible maybe you're going to have someone else come and respond to you in a way that you needed. There's a lot of ways that God can talk to us in the time of prayer. Um, and that's something that we want to think about. I'm reminded of this story one of the elders at my uh, home congregation told us one time when we were in youth group. He said that every night his wife would pray as she was going to bed. And she would fall asleep, and the first thing she would do every morning was say, Amen. You know, because she, she fell asleep as she was praying every night. And some of that's just kind of funny. Some of it's like, well, you know, come on. If we're praying, we're supposed to stay awake in it. But at the same time, there's something that's, that's holy about that time of rest. And that's good about that thing that we're setting apart. And that she would go to bed with Jesus on her mind, right? There's something good about that, too. There's different prayers in the Bible. We already talked about that. There's been different ways throughout history that prayer has been thought of. One of the most popular ones, some of you might have heard of the Acts method, the ACTS, which is four different types of prayers. There's all kinds. Prayers of A, adoration or blessing, where we praise God in them. Prayers of contrition is the C, or repentance, where we know we've done something wrong and we need forgiveness from it. Prayers of thanksgiving is the T, or gratitude. We do that, you know, we praise in prayer. We thank God for all he's done. Prayers of 
S, supplication or petition or intercession. When there are other people that we know need something and we bring them to God on their behalf. And those are all great ways to pray. There's so many great ways to pray. Prayer is not limited to one or two ways. There are a gajillion ways out there you can find to pray. Some of them you'll find work really well for your prayer life. Some of them you might say, I got to try something different and that's okay. If we are around church culture a lot, we might pick up some phrases in prayer that you might have heard a lot. You've heard dear God probably a bunch of times as people start prayer. You might have heard, if you were in the Churches of Christ for a long time, you might have heard guide, guard, and direct us as a phrase that you thought you had to say during prayer. We don't say that much anymore. I tend to say something at the end of prayer like, we love you and we praise you at the very end. If you hear me pray much, you'll hear that almost every single time. My grandpa would always start off prayer saying, sanctify us, Father. Uh, And there's some words that we use, and there's some special kind of language that we try to use. And that's not mystical language or anything. It's stuff that we fall into patterns of, but sometimes it communicates something that we've learned about prayer, we've learned about ourselves, or something we need to know. Lots of examples of prayer in the Psalms. I loved, loved, loved the Psalm David read today, Psalm 86. You know, usually when a Psalm is as long as that one is, I try to edit it down. And I looked at it, and I said, I can't edit this one down. There's too much good stuff in this psalm. And it was a prayer, again. And so if we're trying to find ways to pray, the psalms are the songbook of the church, but they're also the prayer book of the church. And for thousands of years, it's been used by Jewish folks and by Christians to find ways to pray to God. Now, Jewish people pray three times a day, generally. And we have a couple examples of this. I'm going to read you a couple of them. One is from Psalm 55. This is Psalm of David. David says, listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my cry for help, but I will call on God, verse 16, and the Lord will rescue me. Morning, noon, and night, I cry out in my distress, and the Lord hears my voice. So what are they praying? Morning, noon, and night. In Daniel chapter 6, Daniel's about to get thrown into the lion's den. The people have just made a decree that there is no more to be praying to any god except for praying to the king, Darius. What does Daniel do? Chapter 6, verse 10, when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Then the officials went to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. So three times a day. What do you think they're praying three times a day? There's a lot of different things. You know what they start off a lot of their prayers with? Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. That's the common prayer. Uh, that's one of the only things I know how to say in Hebrew. So I could do that for you if you want. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. We'll sing it real quick. Here we go. Shema Yisrael Adonai Elohenu Adonai Ehad. Lord our God. Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Three times a day. So that pattern by the time of Jesus is well established. Three times a day prayer has been happening for a long time by then still practice today in Judaism. Now, when we're talking about three times a day praying, is something that you have to do three times a day. Can we consider that rest? Kinda. Kinda. Anybody have any habits? It can be good habits. It's okay to have good habits. If you have a habit, what happens when you don't do the thing you have the habit of? Does your body start freaking out a little bit? If I don't have my coffee, I start feeling a certain way in the morning right? But when I have it, I'm feeling okay, right? Now, this prayer can be the same way. 
if we are not used to praying, it can be really challenging. But once we get these rhythms in our lives, like this prayer three times a day, like they're doing, when you don't do it, what do you feel? Something's missing. Something's not right. And so this is a good kind of habit that we want to build and that we want our bodies and minds to crave. All right. So let's get into some text. We're going to be in the book of Luke today. We're sticking with one book of the Bible. Uh, there's a lot of examples in the book of Luke where Jesus prays. Chapter 3, chapter 10, a couple parables in chapter 18, chapter 21, chapter 22, a lot of other places. If you take all the times he talks about prayer or it mentions that Jesus prays, it's about once every other chapter in the book of Luke. There's about 13 different instances of it. So when you have something that happens that many times, is that important? Absolutely. It's something that's important. Now, why... Why is Jesus praying? Do you ever wonder about that? Why does Jesus need to pray? Isn't Jesus God? Why is it important for Jesus to pray if he's God? Who's he talking to? Is he talking to himself? Well, I'll give you some sideways answers that's not going to totally answer that question because I cannot totally answer that question for you. In John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What does that say? The word later is defined as Jesus. So Jesus and God, there's a little bit of separation there. In Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, uh, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. So there's something different there about the Spirit of God and about God. Something a little different, but they're the same too. Later in Jesus' life, he's baptized. And when he's baptized, the Spirit of God descends on him like a dove. And God's voice comes from heaven. There's something a little bit distinctive, even though these are all the same. This is the mystery of what we call the Trinity now. The Transfiguration later on, which we'll mention in a second. Uh, again, the voice of God comes separate from Jesus. Jesus is talking about the signs of the end of the age. And he says, no one knows when things are going to happen, when the end of all things is going to happen, except for the Father. Not even the Son knows when it's going to happen. So Jesus doesn't know something that God knows in this <laughs> He's teaching about the Spirit in the book of John. And he says, I have to leave so that the Spirit, the Advocate, can come. Why does he have to go so that the Spirit can come? I don't, I don't know. But that's what he says has to happen. And then on the cross, he says, why, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so I think that there's some separation there that's happening. So we see all these things. And so what we can kind of guess with all this is there is something that is not fully... I don't want to say connected, but there's something that separates Jesus and God, at least while Jesus is on earth. And Jesus knows that he needs to connect with God through those things to make sure that he is who he needs to be in these situations. And we'll see a little bit about that as we look through some of these verses in Luke. So if you want to try to flip around with your Bibles, we're going to go pretty quick through some of these first ones. Uh, if you want to just park somewhere, go to Luke chapter 11. And we'll get there in just a second, uh, and we'll be there for a little while. But I'm going to read some verses real quick from Luke 5, 6, and 9. In Luke chapter 5, verse 15, it says, But despite Jesus' instructions to the man who had been healed of leprosy, the report of his power spread even faster, and vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. So he's in the middle of healing, and he knows he needs to go withdraw from the people. Okay, so remember, we're trying to hear for rest. How is Jesus resting and praying? Luke chapter 6, verse 12. One day soon afterward, there's a Sabbath healing he had just done. Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose 12 of them to be his apostles. So Jesus has just healed. He needs to get away. He goes up on a mountain. 
and then he prays, but his prayer also brings about him making a decision. And out of this big crowd of people that's been following him, he picks the 12 to be his official apostles. Luke chapter 9, verse 18, one day Jesus left the crowds to pray alone. This is right after he'd fed the 5,000. Only his disciples were with him, and he asked them, who do people say I am? So Jesus has just done a big miracle, and what does he do? He withdraws to go pray. His disciples are with him, and then he starts asking them questions about who he is. So he's getting some clarity about what he needs to do. Luke chapter 9, verse 28, about eight days later from that last story, Jesus took Peter, John, and James up on a mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was transformed, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared and began talking with Jesus. They were glorious to see, and they were speaking about his exodus from this world, which was about to be fulfilled in Jerusalem. So he goes up again on the mountain to pray, and in that time of prayer, he is transformed. And he gets to meet with Moses and Elijah to prepare for his death that is coming. Okay? So we see these examples, but what is he praying? What's Jesus saying in these prayers? We don't have a lot of examples. Now there's some, uh, if you want to go read later, you can look at John chapter 17, which is some examples of Jesus praying. But what we're going to do is we're going to look here in Luke chapter 11, where Jesus is going to do some teaching on prayer. So Luke chapter 11, verse 1, says, Once Jesus was in a certain place praying. He had just been at Mary and Martha's house before this. As he finished praying, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. So, why do you think they want to know? He's, he's been doing a lot of praying in front of them already. He's always going off to pray. What's he saying? That's what I think they're thinking. What's he saying? How do we, how do, we do this? What are you doing? What are you doing? What do we need to learn from? Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. Does that sound familiar at all? Yeah, this is the Luke version of the Lord's Prayer that's in the book of Matthew. And we're going to look at the Lord's Prayer again in a minute. Then he keeps going in verse 5. He says, Then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night. My family and I are in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence shameless persistence. I'm going to keep that phrase. And so I tell you, verse 9, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Verse 11, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So like we said before, there's a lot of teachings on prayer in a lot of places that cover a lot of different things. Going into a closet or being humble or or just so many different kinds of subjects about prayer. But what about this teaching? What do we find in this teaching? 
So when we think about the Lord's Prayer, you know, our Father in heaven, holy is your name, hallowed be your name. What's that helping us do? It's helping us recognize God's glory and God's majesty. Who is God? Who are we? Okay? We're putting things in their proper order. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Make us in our world more in your image. Do we know things aren't all right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's not hard. We don't have to look far to figure that out. But what do we want? We want God to change things. We want God to bring his way totally to the world. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. God, give us what we need. We need your forgiveness. We need to be able to make it through the day. As we also have forgiven our debtors, as we forgive those who sin against us. Help us to do what we need to do too, right? Help us to forgive and make things right. Deliver us. Uh, lead us not into temptation or into testing, the times of testing. Deliver us from the evil one. Protect us. Protect us, God. We can't do all this on our own. We're not strong enough. Give us protection. What else does he say in this? He says, keep on asking. Stick with it. Shameless persistence. This is how Jesus tells us we're supposed to approach God. Shameless persistence. Keep on going at God. Even if God's not kind of giving you the answer you want, keep on asking. Keep on asking. Wear God down. There's another parable about this, the parable of the persistent widow who goes to the unrighteous judge and keeps on asking. And finally he says, I'm so sick of this woman, I'm just going to give her what she's asking for. And he says, if that's how the judge was who was unrighteous, how do you think your father's going to be who loves you? Yeah. And God is good and trustworthy to follow through. That's some good news, right? God is trustworthy and good to follow through. If you know how to give good gifts to your kids... Don't you think God knows how to give good things to you? Don't you think God cares? Don't you think God loves you? Maybe God's timing, but God cares. So how does that help us to rest? How do these things help us to rest? Now, all of these things require something of us. As we want God's kingdom to come, that requires us to start living as if we're in God's kingdom. But with almost all of these, except for as we forgive those who sin against us, God is the one who has the most work to do, right? God is the one who's holy. God's kingdom needs to come. God's will needs to be done. We're asking God to give us our daily bread. We're asking God to forgive us. We're asking God to protect us from testing. We're asking God to deliver us from evil, right? That's a lot that we're putting on God. But isn't that what helps us to rest? Isn't that what helps us to rest when we get a chance to lay some things at God's feet? That doesn't mean that we are absolved from all those things, that there's not things that we're still asked to do. And that's what we're talking about, right? Christ in the midst of chaos. There's all these things going on, and Jesus doesn't just get to float through everything that's happening. Jesus engages deeply in the world around him. Right now, we've got a lot going on in our world, and we need to engage deeply with the world around us because we have the life of God within us. We have what the world doesn't have, right? We have a God who loves us and we know it. And we get to experience what that's like. But that's not because we're so great, right? That's not because we're so righteous. 
That's not because we're so special or holy. That's because we have surrendered before God and said, we are bringing this to you. We know we can't do it. We know we don't have it all together. We know we don't have all the answers. God, come be with us. God, come help us. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary, carry heavy burdens. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. What's a yoke? For the oxen wear when they're dragging stuff? goes over their neck. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Is it hard trying to carry everything on our own in this world? Have you ever seen anybody who doesn't have the Lord who is just being crushed by the weight of what's going on? Isn't it a blessing to have a family that we can lean on? Isn't it a blessing to have a Jesus who's carrying things with us? Yeah. There's too much. And we can't do it. But when we bring these things to God in prayer, we get to turn it over. Doesn't mean we don't still have a yoke. But it's light. It's light because God is the one who lifts the weight, right? So what's our challenge this week? If you've got your songbooks there, inside every songbook, you might have found an insert with the Lord's Prayer on it. It looks like this. All right? So your challenge this week, you're going to take this home with you. And you're going to put it somewhere where you can see it. There's adults and kids, everybody. We're doing this all together. Morning, noon, and night. We'll pray this prayer. Morning, noon, and night. Okay? Every day this week. Three times a day. Come back next Sunday. Don't need this card anymore because you got it memorized. All right? Which you will when you do it 21 times. So we're about to do the morning one. And then at noon today, you're going to do it. And then tonight, you're going to do it again. All right? It's okay. You can say it the old way too if you really want to. I'll let you. I'll let you. That's okay. As long as you're saying it, right? As long as you're saying it. So let's pray this together. Stand with me. It was good to stand. We're about to be, be done. After this, then Kyler's going to come up and sing for us. Lead us in the song. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. All right, three times a day.